Hi, thanks for listening to my podcast. Let me introduce you with Jane Milton. I've been working with food businesses for 35 years and now I'm taking you behind the scenes in my business to connect with some of the great specialists, entrepreneurs and producers that we work with to hear how we create strategies that inspire business and how we help them create the perfect teams for specific projects and for their business as it grows so that they can get great results faster and much more cost effectively with our support than they would on their own. I truly believe the food industry in the UK has some of the best people in it and I'm lucky enough to know and work with the very best of those. Let me introduce you to Darren Foley, the founder of Fly Boutique Brand and Design Agency. Darren and I were introduced many years ago when he joined my Fresh Banter Mastermind group and he is still part of a tight-knit team that developed from that. It's invaluable to business owners and leaders to have somewhere they can discuss issues with peers learn from others and expect honest answers to often difficult questions. Having left school, a friend suggested he may want to apply to be a junior designer in her workplace. And as soon as he went there, he knew he had found his tribe. He spends time now talking about careers and design to younger people to help them understand all the opportunities open to them. Dan loves working with food and drink brands and he's also a non-exec director at Soda Folk. He relishes being involved from every angle of that business and adding value throughout it. He'd like to think people can see his integrity and depth of knowledge and that in turn builds their trust in what he can deliver for them. He talks about whether Challenger and Icon are the most useful labels to describe businesses, how he values a business partner he can bounce ideas off and we laugh about what our mums think about the work we do. Dan loves to be around positive, creative people and to have access to nature and outdoor space. He has some good advice for people starting out and his list of things that you can never get too much of is pretty extensive. Wherever you're listening, I know you will enjoy the podcast and get something that resonates from it too. Let me introduce you to Darren Foley. How would you describe your work to other people? I think the... The, the line I use most regularly is branding and design consultant. That's my title. I think that what I actually do is really try and help people through the sort of the, the, the lens of sort of strategic thinking and, 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 and an understanding of design, help people to, to sort of unlock the potential of their, their brands and their businesses. Because I think quite often people have, have have generally most of the people that we work with have got fantastic businesses and sometimes there, there, there are just aspects of the, those brands and businesses which aren't just fully optimized or fully articulated and i think by doing working with us that we, we just give them the opportunity to kind of unlock that potential so yeah i, I guess that's how i describe it yeah and and it is isn't it it's stuff that people sometimes think they need one thing like they think it's a logo or a but it but it's so much more than that and you really have to build so much in and even if they've already got that it's how they articulate that brand to other people and yeah and i i, I in, lo- in lots of ways some this you often find within within the brands because obviously I work a lot in the, the the food and beverage space and consumer brands 
as well, sort of the wider consumer brands area. But you often find that, that, that there's some good nuggets in that. There's some really, that, that, that there's something to start with. And, and it, even if you're creating a new brand, that can be just an idea or a thought that, that, that the person might just articulate in the conversation. And you think that's, that's, the, that's the, the nub of this, that what you've just said is the nub of this. And then what we just tried to do is, you know, create some layers and build some assets and some thinking around that, 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 that then, then makes that brand a bit more meaningful bit more differentiated, differentiated so, yeah. yeah and you know actually you know engages with with you know everyday people on the street you know what do you think your friends or your family think you do <laughs> all day well, that's really funny she's always much more fun <laughs> well literally my mum still thinks i'm in advertising i've been in i've been in branding and design now for well, 35 years plus, and she still thinks I'm in advertising. So she goes, oh, I saw that advert on TV. Did you do that? Yeah. Um, no. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, it's and, funny, and, isn't it? So, so, she'll, so I'll say to her, like, did you see that bottle or or, or that, 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 that branding and that logo? I said, well, we did all of that. And she always looks underwhelmed. <laughs> As only a mother can. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's um, yeah, that's a very somebody. We, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that somebody said something about somebody being proud of you or proud. And I said my mother would say if she was here, we don't really do proud. It's not something you know. And, and her attitude is kind of like, well, you know, that pride comes before a fall would yeah. be a favourite phrase. Yeah, or, sure, and I have sure. another friend whose mum used to say. She could push through in a crowd, which is the most <laughs> awful expression. But you know, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think when you work for yourself, too, you've got to appreciate what you do. You've got to be able to tell other people why it made a difference in things. So having a mother that thinks that is blowing your own trumpet and needs knocked out of you, it's yeah. probably not the most useful thing. <laughs> My partner Natalie and I have been working together for about twenty years. Fifteen of those were at um, the sort of internationally recognised branding agency Pearl Fisher, and 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 the last five years have been just as working as a sort of boutique kind of team um, agency, if you like. We don't really think of ourselves as an agency, and 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 I think that it's it's funny. We, we don't spend a lot of time promoting ourselves no because we don't really want to be massive we don't want mm. to get to that point where we can't take on certain bits of business we want to take on or certain clients we want to take on um if we're excited about what they're doing because you know the, the business has got away from us and we're, we're just overwhelmed yeah and so you know both of us treat what we do with ultimate professionalism but we don't mm. we don't go about it we don't we don't do social media we don't even have a website jane i know that i was looking for the website when i was trying to sort out some of this interview and i thought here's a guy who helps us all well this is it with, <laughs> with the most brand, and is flying under agency. the radar totally yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's exactly. brilliant but it's but, good but that that's actually sort of almost quite important for us because then the people that come to us and the people that find us, they find us for a reason, maybe through referral, might just be through word of mouth or, or some other channel. Mm-hmm. 
the, and the connection then becomes more meaningful rather than, oh, we saw your website. Could you give us a quote for? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you're and one not, of three and yeah. that's not what you're about. No. no. And I, I we have They've already the t- found <laughs> you. They've asked somebody who did their stuff. They've. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's important for us to, I think, to, to have that connection right from the outset. And if that happens and we're talking a similar language, then generally those conversations move forward, forward positively. Yeah. And if they, if they come from the, another direction and like you say, you're, it's just part of a sort of tick box sort of process, process then, then that it's never going to work for us. No, no, I think that, I think that all makes sense. When did you first know that this is what you wanted to do? Oh, that's really interesting. Did you know? Well, <laughs> well, I, I left school after A-levels, so I didn't go to university. I'd, done, I'd studied design and art um, at school, and I didn't really know what what that meant in terms of a career. A career. I spend a lot of time actually now talking to students. And I know you're quite and, involved and, in Plymouth, aren't you? Absolutely. You know, yeah. And because I think a lot of kids don't actually understand what the opportunities are for them in, in the sort of creative world. And, and I think that I was just lucky. There was a girl I used to see just as a friend on a regular basis when I was about sort of 17, 18, and she'd started working as a PA for a design company in Victoria in London. And she knew I was coming to the end of the school and she said, Oh, well, I think they're looking for a junior designer. And so she said, why don't you come along amazing. And, 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 and see if, and literally Jane, the minute I walked through the door, I knew I was in the right place. I knew I was at, at home. There were other people like you there. Yeah. yeah. In the that lovely. That was just exciting, dynamic, nurturing, yep. piss taking. <laughs> if yes. I can say that, I don't know. It's like, they, but they, but they, they, they were just, the right vibe. And you found I, your tribe, really. And, and I did, Without yeah. knowing you were looking for it. Well, yeah. yeah, and I didn't really know what, what that it was there. And, yeah, my dad's a builder. Uh, yeah, my mum was just a housewife. And, and you know, I, I was never... I think she ex- would lynch you for that statement. Let me just correct that. My mum was a <laughs> housewife. Is. Very hardworking housewife. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I, I didn't have exposure to those kind of worlds. No. And then once I'd had it, I couldn't get enough of it. It was like crack cocaine. It was like, right, well, this is where I want to be. And it was just about sort of plotting a course which had its ups and downs in the early years um, to, to sort of where I've ended up today, really. It's brilliant, isn't it, Phil? And, and I think, funnily enough, I think similar things happen in food. People are often told by teachers that if they don't pay attention, they could end up working in the food industry. I mean, it is never... <laughs> shown to people as a positive thing. People think that, you know, a job at McVitie's means putting chocolate on a Jaffa cake, not that you could do an amazing IT role or a design role or all sorts of stuff and never ever see the production line of the factory, never even necessarily be in the same building as that's in. And I think a lot of people are put off the food industry for those kind of reasons. And so similarly, a lot, I spent a lot of time talking to school-aged and 
university age people to persuade them that coming into our industry is worthwhile because we need decent people. Yeah, people are in the industry, leave. and the only way you'll get them, yeah, you would hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and you know, it's when you, I met a I met a new client about three two or three weeks ago, um, actually not far from where you are in Greenford, mm. actually. And I, um, it was just really fantastic to go. And she's just got a small unit on a on a on a small industrial estate. And she's making organic products. And it was fantastic just seeing what she'd created and all the jobs that she'd created within that small unit and how this business had this energy and sort of, I don't know, kind of. It's brilliant, isn't it? I I hadn't been out on the industrial estates much, obviously, over the last couple of years. And I went out a couple of months ago and I was amazed at how different things were too, because a lot of those units as well as supplying into retailers and things, are supplying Deliveroo and Uber Eats and things. There are all these doorbells suddenly on the outside of buildings with delivery driver, ring this, phone this number, we'll bring the food to you and things. And it it has transformed what some of those small food and drink industrial estate businesses are like. It's such an exciting business sort of sector and Mm. and working in the sort of branding and design space, which is obviously in, in for me is very connected to that. Yep. So you've got two sort of like energetic, creative businesses, creative in different ways, sort yep. of coming together. Perfect, isn't it? I do think that we are both in creative industries. And I also think it's lucky for us on the food side that often you can make a totally new product without, it's not like, you're building Nissan cars, you have to completely retool the whole factory and things. You normally can change things faster. So it's a bit like fashion, things change quickly. You know, there's lots of movement and lots of opportunity to have a good idea and get on with it. And and that means that we need all the branding and, and everything else to move really fluidly with that as well. So it is exciting, definitely. I, I think ultimately, I mean, these days, you know, we get the most satisfaction out of working with challenger brands because they are agile. They are able to sort of, you know, pivot quickly. Less risk averse because there's less risk for them. There are other challenges and a lot lot of them are financially driven because... I was just going to say budget related normally. Yeah, quite, (laughs) because, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to sort of keep all the plates spinning. But actually, you know, if you can... You know, it, with the, in the face of a pandemic at the beginning of 2020, if you can sort of pivot into, I don't know, like Deliveroo direct sales or yeah. Amazon or whatever it might be yeah. um, and, and adapt your offer, your packaging, your branding, whatever, to suit those channels, then, you know, th- there are great opportunities for businesses that yeah. can do that because bigger businesses just aren't able to move so quickly. No, couldn't. Re- and that's also why the big companies run all these schemes to help challenger brands move on, but it's also because they want exposure to all their ideas and yeah. and the things they're thinking because they just can't move as quickly as that to see those things themselves. So yeah. it's um it, it it's useful both ways really for them. It's 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 one of the things that Natalie and I have been talking about over the last few months actually is that sort of it's actually a bit antiquated to talk about brands in terms of icon brands and challenger Mm. brands because 
some of the some, there are some fantastic iconic brands that have been established for decades or even hundreds of years mm. sometimes who are and have a, a sort of implicit creative element to them that allows them to innovate and do things yeah. more quickly of course there are other businesses which are just sort of just stuck in the treacle yeah and there are equally there are challenger brands that may be only five or ten years old that find it really difficult to make decisions and procrastinate yeah. and and i think that it's not about icons and challenges i think it's a, a it's a creative mindset i think you're probably right that, yeah. that is prevalent and it's and your and your business either has that creative mindset, and I'm not talking about designing or no, 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 know, no. That, Generally, just a cre- that way of doing business yes. and yeah, everything. And and you are, and that's either built into the business that you you're, you're involved in, whether it's a hundred year old business or a one year old business, yep. or it's not. Actually, I think one of the things that that we're interested in, Natalie and I are interested in doing is actually break trying to break a bit of that mold of icons and challenges Mm. which is all a bit old and boring and actually just think more about creative brands brands that embrace creative thinking and how they how they can use that to ultimately and they can be of any size or stage in their life cycle i also wonder when a challenger brand stops being a challenger brand which is the problem of categorizing it that way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, do you, do you stop being or do you carry on being forever? Yeah. yeah. You know, What's and, Brewdog? And it, is it an icon or a challenger? Do you know, difficult. it's, 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 yeah. it's, it, you know, I'd say probably they're, beca- they're, they're, they're transiting from that sort of challenger space into icon now, if they're not there already, but. And with all the headaches that come with that, that stuff that was acceptable when you are a challenger brand and hanging on by the seat of your pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are not prepared to tolerate as you get bigger and, yeah. you know, so it's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's a different phase, but I think describing it differently would help a lot of people. Mm. So I think you're, I think you're right about that. What first impressions do you hope you give people? A sort of, I think there's definitely an integrity uh, and a knowledge and mm-hmm. expertise. I think that's really what what you know. We we know our stuff. We've been doing it long enough. We don't try to overcomplicate things, but I think we we just want to make people feel reassured that they're in great hands, and and that that we can we we can do a good job for them. And yep. you know, a lot of our work speaks for itself. Yeah, and you know we've helped we help brands grow. I think we we don't try to overcomplicate things. I think no. I think when we actually get into projects themselves, we just kind of keep the phases of work simple. We just try and get to the heart of what the issue is. Then we start to actually create some ideas in in terms of design, and and then we just make sure that we can then implement that. But I think what we're what and what, what that ultimately that journey is all about trust because if the if, yep. if, if the if the if the if the client trusts you from the outset and, and, and you feel like you resonate and they're talking the yep. same language then it allows you to push them a bit and then still feel comfortable with exactly. it and things too it is it's a very codependent thing isn't it i i think 
I often say when people say who could they work with on something, we probably need to introduce you to a few people because you just need to find the one yeah. that you feel that feeling with. We're and not, we're not for right everybody, for, we're that's not, we're, a different we're, thing. Hundred no. percent. We're 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 not right for everybody. You know, some people need a you know big full service agency, and they need to spend a proper amount of money if they're going to go and do that because yeah. they need their hands held. We hold people's hands, but we do it in a very sort of collaborative and kind of I, I feel invested in all the businesses mm-hmm. that we work yeah. in. I, I don't just feel like it's a transactional relationship I feel mm. like we're actually working with people on a, you in, become part of their team yeah don't you? yeah and we I, I, and I know Natalie does as well we feel we feel part of an extended part of the t- all the team and I think actually that's the only way it works because if people feel you you slot in or plug in, do something, and then plug out again. There isn't that buy-in that you need for everything to be as successful as it is, is there? No, no. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's exciting. It's scary. It, yeah. It's all of those things, right? Yeah, that's good. Who have you learned good business skills from? And this can be. Famous people, things you've read, people you worked with when you were, uh, what was your first job? When your weekend jobs, what did you do? Oh, my God. My first weekend job, I was, well, my very first weekend job was as a, working in for a milkman as his mm. milk boy mm. <laughs> back in the day. Then it was yeah. paper rounds. Then it was working in bike shops because that's a bit of a passion yeah. for me. Um, so all of those things. and. I think you learn a bit from everybody. And then and then when you go into business, you know, I, I, I started working with an agency, as I say, in Victoria in London. That was my first job. Then I got a job working more locally to where I lived at the time, which was in Power on the Hill. And all of these people, they teach you little things. And some people are, you know, they show you how, you know, if you invest, you can accumulate some people yep. are miserly and they're tight and they, they really like to sort of hoard and they teach you to sort of be super careful around money. I mean, one, mm-hmm. there was a, there was a, this, this agency that I worked for in Harrow uh, called NSCAT Design who ended up being bought by a sort of much bigger sort of creative PLC organization. That, that, that taught me, hell, I was there the best part of 10 years and it was very much a business focused creative organization it was it was doing design but it was doing it with a very business orientated mindset business mindset and and a lot of creative businesses aren't business orientated no and and probably should be i was gonna say there's a there's a happy medium probably isn't there yeah yeah you can you can you know i've you can i've seen businesses go out of business because you know they they're, they're that they're too busy trying to be creative and not keeping a strong enough focus on, on actually generating income. And so, yep. and don't get me wrong. I'm the first proponent for, for, for great creativity and design ideas and so on. But, but you know, you, you've got to run a business like, like your clients. Have got and to you've still business. got to be there in five years to help the next lot of people. So exactly. it's not exactly clever to do it and not, and not have a yeah. foot in the business camp as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think that a lot of the business side of things has been picked up by a lot of, in, in different ways, you know, mm-hmm. from different people. And 
you know, my dad ran his own business for years, you know, seeing the sort of ups and downs of that business, seeing the ups and downs of the businesses that I was involved in, getting being involved in businesses that then got sold to other businesses and, and seeing how the dynamics of those, that, that environment changes mm. immediately um, as you, as you go yeah. through a buyout phase and, 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 you know, in how then, you can see how people are incentivized differently and so on. All of those things kind of give you a much, a very sort of broad focus around, around how to run a business yourself. But then you also see it from your clients as well. The people you yep. work with, you know, you can see, you know, well-run businesses and you can see businesses that, that, that don't perhaps give a certain amount, you know, enough attention to certain areas in their business. And you think, well, actually I can learn something from that as well. Yeah, the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. You, you can learn what you don't want to do. I know. And I mean, I do. It's funny, but often the people that people tend to learn a lot from are the people right at the beginning of your career, even like in your weekend jobs and things. Yeah, and totally. it has shown me how important it is that even if somebody only works with you for a week or on a very small project or something, how important it is that you make sure that they learn stuff and that you're aware too that often when you're not even really thinking that you're mentoring somebody because it's not a formal mentoring relationship, they're looking at how you do stuff. Mm. I'm wondering if that's a good way for them to do stuff. And, you know, so I think, I think there's a big responsibility on us all too, to just be aware of what you are showing other people. And I mean, I think I can remember working places where they thought you'd done really well if you were still there late at night. Um, oh, I've always I've, been in businesses like that. that the, yeah. you know, the, 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 the benchmark of whether or not you were working. And no hard. lunch, you're working yeah, through lunch yeah, 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 and yeah, things. Yeah. And that's really and old it, school now. And it's just not pleasant. That's what upsets me about things like The Apprentice on telly and things. I think what they're showing you is not how anyone should run a business, do you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and they're kind of, I mean, I know it's a television program and they're, you know, just trying to pull out the worst and put people under immense pressure and things, but it's not pleasant. And I can remember going for a job interview and having to do two days at an assessment centre for this job, for a food job. Two days. And two God. days of role playing and different stuff. And I felt like shit at the end of the two days. And I had already decided that if by some miracle, because it seemed so alien to me, I had got through, there was no way in God's earth I was taking the job because if they thought that was a good way <laughs> yeah. to get you, and I did get offered the job and I did turn it down um, with a big company, but it was just, it it wasn't the right job for me. A hundred percent, it wasn't. And it's something that's been great about running your own business for a long time is that I didn't, I've not had to behave like that. And I don't have to try and encourage other people to either. But, you know, I mean, it is it is so important how you train, you know, how you how aware you are that you are showing other people how to treat people, live, work. Yeah, I, I think that was when I was running Pearl Fisher, I, I think a lot of the ways in which I would try to manage the team was was th through the example of how I would conduct myself 
on a day-to-day basis and how I would work and how I would operate and what was important to me and what it was important, how you said things. And I, yeah. I, I think about that now. I think about, you know, every email I write or every telephone yeah. conversation I have, it's, it's about making sure that there's a, you, you're not just communicating. You're actually, you're helping someone understand your perspective or what the, the idea is behind a concept or whatever. And, 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 you know, there are so many different ways of doing that. And I think, you know, and it's it's easy to get it wrong. Who has been the person that has made the most impact on you in your work life? One person. Is there one person? Gosh, that is a real Customer, anything. Doesn't need to be an employer. Yeah, there was a, there was a chap called Tony Williams who, who ran a, ran a printing business called Highland Press in Watford. And part of my job role was to go out as well as sort of, you know, kind of look after bits and pieces within the studio and design and so on was to go out and check the thing, the thing was being printed correctly. And he used to run this print shop that we used quite regularly and we got on like a house on fire. Um, he, He sort of just took me under his wing and just taught me everything about printing and the technology around printing and but would also just we'd also have just great conversations around design and just how to get the most out of the print process through design and I think you know I look at, at him as a, as a as an inspiration because he was just a genuine man who just really wanted to help somebody young coming into the industry and he'd always look after me. He'd always, you know, whether when it came to actually, you know, doing something on a business level, if I was up against a deadline or something, and they need something to, he would always help me out because we built he that, that kind of relationship. For you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that kind of stuff that I'm I'm always inspired. And I've met lots of people who have a similar kind of approach. And I think over the years, you know, Tony's just a good example of a, a whole bunch of people that kind of yeah. I think just have a way of just helping coming back to what we were talking about earlier to yep. have a resp- take, take on that responsibility of nurturing that next generation and bringing them through. And then, and I mean, to be fair too, he probably realized that if you understood it better, he would get a better brief and, and it would make his job easier, but he took the time to do that, yeah, which is yeah. the important bit, isn't it? But I think on a, there, there have been lots of people that I've been inspired to work with on a creative level I think it. I think it's the range of people that I've worked with over the years that, that, that all bring something different. I think on a creative level, I think my partner Natalie is fantastic. You know, I, I, she has a really sort of just a really implicit level of what of how design, how great design works. Um, but I've worked with other designers who who, who approach it in a different way. Um, Sean Bowen. From who, who runs B and B Studio, he's a fantastic creative director. Um, he, the studio he runs now is is just one of the probably one of the most mm. respected and best in London. I loved. I used to love working with Karen Wellman at, at Pearl yep. Fisher. Um, sadly, she's passed away as well now. But she's well, but, but she she was just she was just a firecracker, an inspiration, hilarious to be around. And and would come out with the most sort of crazy left field stuff, 
but you know it was it was always a pleasure to work yeah. with her and, and and those kind of people always inspire me as well because they're you know they're they're the the rebels the renegades you know that, and they appreciate your comfort zone too because you don't really know what's coming with them yeah. which is and and all of those people like when you, you know, do your Karen best stuff, and Sean and and even to this day, Natalie, you know, she she's pushing me out of my comfort zone every day. You know, if I've got a, if I've got a, a thought or a, a comment that she doesn't think is right, or is, is she thinks I'm thinking in a too narrow minded kind of way, or I I think I, I, she, she thinks I can expand the idea or, yep. or the thought, then she'll tell me, and 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 that's that's Brave, why we've got a great relationship. You know, after five years, it, it's it's as it's as good today as it was right back in the beginning. So, super, isn't it? It's great. It's good to find those people that you can work with too that are like that. Hard that to find them with. in life, I'd say. Actually, yeah. it's you know, I think I, I know a lot of people start businesses on their own, but I I actually love having a partner. I love having a, somebody who I can bounce ideas off. I can just say, hey, let's just jump on a Zoom, just talk about this yeah. and, and whatever. And you know, it's just a, it's a. And you'd come from being part of a big team too, exactly. so that is a difficult transition, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, and I do, you know, I, there are certain things that I do on my own. There's certain things that Natalie does on her own, and you just need that bit of headspace just to kind of crack mm. on with stuff. But but coming together and to share the ideas or to say, you know, what what do you think about that? Is just a really, it's, it's just a really important part of the process for me, particularly in in the sort of creative design world that we're, we're we operate in yep no i get that i can see that totally different tack on a question too much of what is never enough other than snowboarding well where can i start there's a whole list i think here. it's all going to be sport related no, it's, isn't gonna, it? it's going to be beer <laughs> Right. Okay. I'm crediting you with far too much fitness. There's number one. Um, right. Too much too beer, much is, beer never is never a good thing. Too much being outdoors. Too yep. much being in the great British countryside or yep. any countryside or any nature. Yep. I, yep. I don't think is ever enough because I think that that is something that rejuvenates your soul. Yeah, rejuvenates your brain, expands your mind, and I think that you can you can never get enough of that. And I think nope. too much of being around positive, creative people, yep, is never enough. You know, there's, you know, if I get a sense that somebody is sort of negative or drawing energy from me in a in a yep. way that's just not good or unproductive, then I don't want to be part of that. But Nope. Conversely, if you know people like you, people who are creative, energetic, positive, you know, you spark off those people. You yep. know, you're the, the, and you feel energized when you leave them. 100%. It is it's a very different thing, isn't it? Totally. And there are some people that you can have a five minute conversation with and feel drained, and there are other people that you have a five minute conversation with and you kind of come off exactly. thinking you can exactly and, and do and, what you want. You know. There's, you know, we're made up of molecules. We we yeah. vibrate in order to yeah, to, to exist, and, and you know how how people come together. Sometimes your molecules vibrate at a different level to somebody else's, and 
that's just the way it yeah. is and you just got to accept yeah. that it's just you know it's that but it's just it, not, the right it's not, it's not the right fit or at that yeah. time it's not the right fit that's the other yeah. thing i don't always think everything's Linear, you know sometimes yeah. you meet people at, at the wrong time but then you can pick back up with them for something else and it can just be perfect yeah. so it's funny isn't it it is yeah. you and i met on the mastermind that we had with sir eric um sir eric peacock and that was a brilliant thing. And that was a very different group of people that came together for that, but all have kept in touch and supported each other in things. And I think that's a lovely thing too, if you can create something like that and then see, you know, how that goes forward. I think, I think that's a, 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 the, the fresh banter concept that is, you know, is some, sort of something that you're, you're running with now yep. is is exactly sort of what we're talking about here. It's about bringing yep. together like-minded people. You, you can be from a whole bunch of different diverse backgrounds, different yep. industries, but if you think the right way, if you come along to be, to, to be rewarded intellectually on some level, have your mind yep. opened on some level to have, to have perhaps a, an idea that you hold dearly to be challenged, mm-hmm. then that's where you're going to get benefit out of going to something like Fresh Banter. It's true. It is. And it's great. And I love, I love making those connections and then I know watching people and being able, and being able to say, do you know, you would really get on with yeah, that yeah. person and then putting people together and then hearing later on that they've, done things or you know exactly. collaborated on something it's brilliant and what comes around goes around so you mm. know it doesn't all have to be for financial reward not at all you know you don't have to you don't have to monetize every aspect of that because ultimately if you're a great person to work with deal with connect with talk to it will all come back to you and also, if I can get people that we have a connection with in my business talking to each other, then it's easier for me to bring them together for projects that we're working on and they're more in tune with what we're doing. And, you know, and so that for me, I mean, we've sort of reorganized how we do the lunches now that we invite two groups of people, people that we call collaborators, people like you and Jeremy and packaging companies and people that we refer people to again and again and that they come in and do a bit of the project with us and then also food businesses so that the food businesses that come know that the lawyer they're meeting is our IP lawyer or our property lawyer they're all people that we have an investment in that we know that they're going to be in the room with the right attitude and mindset and things as well and so then it makes it a safe space and it helps us, you know, we always want there to be more food businesses than collaborators in the room. And I mean, now we've been really lucky with the lunches. We've got a sponsor, which means that we can spend more on speakers and things for the lunch than you could ever monetize, but at least it covers its costs. Yeah. 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 Um, But it's a good thing. And it, and it's lovely to see people. And again, I think to where we have those lunches and what the food's like, obviously is hugely important for us. And, the Wallace space spaces just they have that energy, the light, mm. the natural light, the yeah, thoughtfulness about everything. Really you know, they venues. are they're really good venues and good chef team there. 
And so we always get great food and things. In fact, this year, everything's sponsored by Invest Northern Ireland. So we're getting loads of amazing food. Yeah, really exciting food and things, which is just phenomenal too. And lovely to hear from some of the food brands and some of them now come to lunch. So it's just a nice, and it is about bringing people together and not being afraid for them all to meet and mix and, and for them to be confident that if they like working with us or talking with us, if I invite them to something, it will be the same sort of vibe that it will have to, which just makes it easier for them. As, as a bit of an aside, we work with a brand called Kest or a business called Kestrel Foods on their yep. Forest Feasts brand, which is oh yeah, I know their brand. Um, yeah. But they're based in County Armagh in Northern yeah. Ireland. So lovely products too. Yeah, they are incredible. Um, mm. So so maybe we'll maybe there's a yeah. way to connect them into that into that Northern Ireland into that foods network. network. Definitely yeah. will. I mean, the investor and I team I know know them because the last time I did a an online event with Investment in I where they sent me food and then we all went on a call and met all the producers and things. There was some forest feast stuff in it. Oh, brilliant. But, um, but we'll definitely, I'll, um, I've made a note about that and I'll, I'll come back to you on that. Yeah, and cool, we'll just, cool. Yeah, because that would be good. But that's, oh, no, I love their stuff. I think I first came across their stuff when we were doing the food and drink, the regional food and drink for oh, the yeah. Olympics. Yeah, yeah, right. And they had done some stuff and just like infused berries and stuff yeah, that were in among things and really clever, really nice products. And they've got some Good. really lovely, they, they work with a, a charity in the Philippines. Uh, so they support women who've found their way in the sex trade in the Philippines and and they support this charity to help women get out of that and then give, them, out of it. give, give them roles and jobs in the mango fruit production which they they get all their mango from from the yeah. philippines which i know from isn't that air, lovely though but it's yeah. yeah it's really giving back something to that community and actually positive do, doing something yep. you know, making change there so you know that that that, that itself is, is is fantastic yeah. so i know well they definitely sound like our kind of business so we definitely need to dig deeper into that great product too which yeah, is really good yeah they've done a load of chocolate super. coated stuff recently it's unbelievably Ooh, good no. unbelievably <laughs> good chocolate that doesn't count as one fruit. of your five a day i hope you realize that <laughs> oh, don't tell me that <laughs> the chocolate coated stuff oh bless you oh um people often say that you know like they've stepped out of their comfort zone and that's when they've become successful when you look back now what do you think? I never ever thought I would be doing that or this or what is the thing that you realise you really did step out of your comfort zone, but you probably didn't realise it at the time? I think five years ago, starting Fly as a as a sort of boutique branding business was was especially prob- when you'd been in a really yeah. big one. Yeah, that's a you know because it's kind of the antithesis of everything that you were doing. It's it's a full on commitment to be running mm-hmm. and trying to build a big agency yeah. like Pearl Fisher, and to come out of that and to then think you know take a step back, take a deep breath, and think well, well actually, what do I want now? Mm-hmm. It took me two or three months to actually to 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 think about that, and 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 Natalie and I were having sort of conversations in the background, and then we both decided what we wanted. to to do and how we wanted to do it and, and and we just started taking step by step and not not trying to be 
sort of more than we more than some of our parts if you like at, mm. at the time yeah and and it just went from strength to strength and you know if you remember johnny and annie from spoon cereals yes. um they were our first client and it is and, lovely isn't yeah, it? they were introduced to us through through you and through fresh banter they initially they'd done a few little pop-ups for breakfast yep. at pearl fisher's agency uh studio in hammersmith but then after Natalie and I had left Pearl Fisher, they, they approached us and said, look, we'd love to work with you on, on just taking our branding to the next level. And then that happened. And, and, and it's, it's, it's manifested itself in a relationship that, was, that still exists today. And we're about to launch some new products into Tesco that lovely? in about you know, great. a couple of months time. So, you know, that kind of stuff is really exciting. And, and, yep. and I think they, those were the things that perhaps, you know, I, have took me out of my comfort zone back then and then sort of slightly on a, on a slight sort of tangential sort of connection though is is two years ago i i got involved with a brand called soda folk and yep. they initially are working on a consultancy basis for them just giving them some advice around branding and and, and marketing and tr- trying to grow the brand yeah and that evolved over a period of well, for a relatively short period of time to becoming a non-executive director of the company and seeing everything from the other side of the fence. Yeah. Working with a fantastic guy called Simon Waterfall, who's the, the MD who who had previously been at Spoon, which is how I had, had right. that connection. I didn't realise that. That was and, lovely, and that yeah. Re- and that really, again, took me out of my comfort zone in terms of not not – the understanding of the business and understanding of brands and so on, but mm. seeing everything from a completely different perspective and, and, yep. and adding, trying to add value to the whole business and the bottom that. line yeah. from, from a very different angle. It's a great thing to do. And that's then. been so exciting. Yeah. I've loved every minute of it. And so do folks going places. It's a great, I was going to say it's a great brand too and great oh, business. And it, it really yeah. is. And it, it you know, it's, it, with with brands like this, it's just about getting the drinks into people's hands, and when people realise yeah. how good the drinks are, um, the team have been doing a massive job on all on the HFSS guidelines to make yeah. sure that they they're compliant on that level, but still got yeah. real depth of flavour and real yeah. authentic US aren't, inspired flavours and stuff. HFSS compliant, exactly. but are really exciting drinks. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, those two things, I guess, have, have been the things that have challenged me most in the last uh, last few years. Good, that's brilliant, isn't it? Good though, isn't it? Great at this stage in both of your our careers to still be finding things that are new that challenge you. It's every day so refreshing. Yeah. And then I also think we benefit from being in small agencies or small businesses because then what you learn with one, if you're just working with within one business too, then you don't have as many different experiences and things. Although you were working with a lot of different brands, you're much more involved, but what you learn and how you grow then also allows you to help other people more. Whereas I don't know that you'd have grown in the same way if you'd been in one agency. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yep. No, I think that's really good. Um, What's the best thing you've eaten recently? Now, I'm going to have to – I can't remember what it's called because I was mm-hmm. in Austria last week. Yeah, yeah. And a friend of mine had been a few times. 
and there's an Austrian dessert. It's called Kaiser Schmarrn. Oh wow! And what is it? Okay, so it comes in a it comes in a sort of like a hot like iron skillet, and it's and it's like these pieces of they're almost like pieces. I don't even know what they are, but they're like deep fried bits of donut or something like like that. Yeah. And then you get this big pot of like berry compote. Compote. And you just. So it's like fondue. Exactly. So you skewer these, skewer these little pieces of, I think they're donut Dome. or something. Yeah. Into the and, and oh my god! Like so, so my pal's going, oh, you've got to try this, and I'm going, oh, it doesn't look that great. Oh no, my god, I'm just in heaven after about. Oh, brilliant! It was amazing. Really, really. Oh, that good. sounds amazing. Oh, perfect. What are the things that if somebody said to you they were going to start a business, what would you say, here's what you got to do first, or this is something you can't afford not to do, or, you know, what's your nugget that will see them through? I think, I think we mentioned this word earlier, but authenticity. Yeah. I think you've got to be authentic. You can't, do what you, you really believe and don't try and do something that... Absolutely. You, and you can't yeah. bullshit people. No. And don't try to pretend that you can do everything. I think that's a real danger for a lot Be of people. Be honest about what you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know where your expertise lies and, and introduce... Be prepared to introduce other people into the, into the process as experts in their yeah. own field rather than... And I think particularly for agencies, agencies just want to make money by white labeling everything. everything. And I think that what I learn regularly is that by just being authentic, being the knowledge and expertise in branding and design, um, I can then bring in other experts, whether it's consumer research or copywriting or photography and bring them into the whole process and allow them to sort of, build their relationship lead with their, their part exactly yeah. and, and, and take responsibility for their bit yeah um rather than 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 i have to then be responsible. trying to do it exactly. and go back and forward and i mean you can still be the main touch point for the client always but... always mm-hmm. and 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 that's how you know the relationships that we've got we are seen very much as the, the the sort of branding and design experts and and we're asked advice on a regular basis on things that perhaps not even we're bits of the, yep. the the project or bits of a their business we're not involved in, but that's nice, it's isn't not, it? It's so, a, it's, yeah, it's not, that shows that they've absorbed that integrity and that knowledge that you've got. Yeah, that they've picked up on that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that you know, we, we we just we're always wanting to just to do business on the right level. That, 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 yep. that it never never feels like you're doing business. If you if if, if mm-hmm. you can do business without yeah. it feeling like you're doing business, I think you're doing a good thing, right? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I like I like that ethic as well. Um, are you a reader or a listener? Are you a podcaster, an audible book person, or are you a, a book reader? Are they novels? Are they business books? Personal development? I, I'm not a big fan of personal development books. Right. Personally, just because Mm -hmm. I find that I like to do personal development myself through my experiences. Mm -hmm. So I don't tend to do a lot of that. No. I read a 
great business book recently, which I really enjoyed. It was really easy to read and I learned quite a lot from it. Good. Because I'm trying to make sure that my just knowledge of marketing in relation to the, the role that I've got at Soda Folk. I, I'm, I'm just taking on as much as I can from, yeah. a, from an expansive point of view. So um, I, I bought a book, which I, I just saw that got reviewed. It was called Run With Foxes. Uh, it's a guy by an author called Paul Durvin. And right. it's just a really simple read, but it's got, it's, it, it, it's, it's called Run With Foxes, Make Better Marketing Decisions. Right. And it, it just takes you through a whole load of sort of case studies of things that he, he was involved in. Most of them are at big businesses. And so some mm-hmm. of them, yeah, and most of them are advertising focused because that was the kind of things that he his, was. His thing he was he, in. He was, uh-huh. he, he was he, marketing director, I think, for Direct Line, for instance. Right. So, so you know, they, they're quite big businesses. But there's the, the lessons that, that, that he or, or the, the case studies gives and the lessons you can learn are very, very absorbable. Um, yes. So I really like that. Relatable. So you could take it in. Yeah. But the rest of my, my reading goes on. I'm, I'm, I'm quite into ancient cultures. So I, and I, I, I quite like the idea of perhaps there may have been um, prehistory to our history yeah. that we think is the defined history. So I, I read a lot about stuff going on in various parts of the world where we're starting and is to that uncover. as a way of switching off to and thinking about something completely different definitely or, I, yeah I, 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 that's I, good isn't I, it i'm a big fan of sci-fi and movies and stuff like that and and yep. because it transports you into a different world yeah and what what i like about this idea of these concepts of prehistory civilizations that existed before the time yep. that we know is that that actually the science fiction might just be here on our planet and we just don't know about it. Yep. So. No, I think that's interesting. That's really good. Good. Final question. If you were going to be packed off to a desert island and you could take three pieces of food or three pieces of food equipment, what are you taking? (sighs) Right. It has to be, it has to be this because Mm-hmm. I'd love breakfast. Right. Okay. So it would be breakfast items. Mm-hmm. So it would be things like, well, on the one hand, every day I'm, I just, I love cereal. So it would be mm-hmm. a bowl, a spoon, and a big pile of porridge. Right. So Brilliant. that would be my three things. But if it wasn't that, it would be something like a frying pan, some eggs, and some bacon. Bacon, and that's, yeah, and, that, and, and, I, and I'd be happy forever. Oh, bless! Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good, isn't that? That's funny, isn't it? Such different lists that we get from people for that. It's incredible, and some very scientifically thought out, and some people taking equipment with them so that they can make their own alcohol oh, so that nothing else matters. <laughs> Actually, maybe, unbelievable. I my, maybe I should change my three things. I didn't think Maybe it's that. the beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I know. How little amount of stuff do you need to make beer? Oh, oh bless you. Well, thank you very much Pleasure. for doing that with us. Love That's that. been really good fun. And I know that everybody else will enjoy listening to it too. So that'll be good. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to my podcast. Let me introduce you with Jane Milton. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you don't miss an episode. Please leave a comment to let us know what you've enjoyed or connect to us on social media at Jane Milton Food. If you found it interesting, please share the details with other food businesses you know. We always love meeting new food businesses. See you next episode.